0: Yo yo yo! Welcome back. Welcome to the fifteenth episode of my show. Oh my god, show! <laughs> it's not a show, is it? Like it's got like this stage lights and a line producer and shit. It's like no, you talk to people on Skype in your shed aid. That's what you do. You fucking you talk shit at your microphone your and your monitor, and like your neighbours could probably hear every fucking word. They must dread Friday night aid because that's Doc Martin night. That's the night they sit down, they watch their quaint little villagey murder mystery thing, and they have to listen to you fucking ranting about cryptos and Tesla, you bell end. Anyway, welcome back. Um, this week's episode is about robotics, and like many areas that I've covered on this show, um, it's not an area that I know much about. But lucky for me, I've persuaded Ukshay Moye that spending an hour of his life with me is a positive step forward for him and his career. Uh, So in in the subsequent hour, we discussed everything from factory automation and what it means for jobs to driverless cars to sex robots and much more. So please crack open a beer, kick back and enjoy the smooth dystopian stylings of roboticist software engineer, Ukshay Moye. One And we are live for episode 15 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. Joining me this week, um, we, I mean, we've talked a lot about a lot of different um, different topics, different angles of technology and what they might mean for us in society and, and in the future. Um, we've touched a bit on AI in, in the previous episode, but one area that we have not touched on so far that I'm interested in and I know pretty much nothing about is uh robotics so who better to to school me through this uh uh this very unfamiliar most unfamiliar of territories uh than my guest this week ukshay Moye? uh welcome to the show ukshay
1: thanks adrian thanks for having me
0: thank you how are you doing i'm very good it feels a bit weird to be presenting this while there's still like daylight because i've had a couple of weeks off with like suspect i'm gonna call it suspected covid because i don't i can't possibly believe that i had my ass handed to me by just a cough (laughs) like if 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 just a cough has put me on my ass to that level then i don't fancy my chances with covid um but yeah i've had a couple of weeks out of doing this and uh in that time obviously the clocks went forward and now it feels feels a little bit more like a summer's evening um, how are you, how are you doing? Yeah. How's your COVID going? I've been all right. I mean, the, things
1: haven't really changed for me that much. Uh, well, I mean, I used to go to a place to work and now I've just been in this room for yeah. the last year and a bit.
0: You look like and, you're in a pub basement yeah. or something.
1: Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because about a couple of months before COVID hit, yeah. like, like proper hit where everyone was kind of told to stay home. Yeah, we we, like my wife and I just moved houses. We moved houses and we got this little pretty little quaint uh, English cottage and really trying to acclimatize to the British way of life. Yeah. And I don't know what I would have done if I would have gotten stuck in a lockdown in my previous place. Yeah. It was just a little flat. And then you're just kind of cramped in there with a bunch of other people. It would have been horrendous. So that kind of worked out well in the sense that I got to. Like kind of explore the various little little sounds that an old house makes.
0: Yeah, you timed it well.
1: Yeah, so I was kind of lucky with that. A bit of a bummer that uh, missed out on the staff duty discount, but
0: (laughs) 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 yeah, you can't have everything.
1: That's true. But uh, yes, I mean, otherwise it's been I've been home for the last year and a bit, working from home, um, and it's been all right. I, I. had to invest a bit on a on home office, which I hadn't really planned on.
0: No.
1: But it's kind of working out all right, I guess. I, mean,
0: I think it's like, I mean, initially, I think it was probably a bit of a baptism of fire for a lot of people to move into this new paradigm of working from home and uh, like letting go of the stresses of commuting and suddenly having an extra 400 quid in your pocket every month because you're not spending it on train yeah. fare. And, um, But now I feel like, I don't know how you feel about it. Like, do, do you have any appetite whatsoever to go back to commuting and, like, Office life? No.
1: No. Nope. Not at all. It's, it's weird because uh, I, I really – because I am essentially a developer. Yeah. Uh, a software developer, right? So I, this is something that I think that software developers, they, they get into a little bit of a routine. We have this – we're kind of like, okay, we are, we are just built into that habit of, okay, I only work from this place. Yeah. And then when something changes, something as drastic as this, Mm. and then suddenly changes where you sit from, what your scenery is like, who you converse with on a daily basis, when that changes, everyone's like, no, that's not going to work for me. I don't want to be working from home. Mm. And now that we've been forced to do it, now I don't want to get out of this room. I am perfectly fine. Yeah. Just sat here. This is beautiful. I'm, I'm really happy with
0: this <laughs> i think it's it, it also kind of leans into that territory of like the man cave as well doesn't it it's sort of like i'm sat out here in in my cabin and i've got my <laughs> like you won't be able to see it on the camera here but i've got like this sort of photo collage of like east london and loads of graffiti and stuff over there and I've done a, a very haphazard shit version of insulating it out here but but ha, like I ha. love it it's so it's like gritty and grimy and a bit punk rock like it's re- it basically looks like like when you walk in this cabin it looks almost identical to the bedroom I had when I was like 20 so I don't know what that says about me like I haven't emotionally matured at all since I was 20 but um <laughs> but I love it like I I but then like right, I'm going to sound like a bit of a hypocrite now cuz I do miss like one day a week, I'd be cool with jumping on the train, like the hustle and bustle, really? going I in.
1: No, I, I, it's like I am really, I am not looking forward to the lockdown ending proper <laughs> because it'll be like there'll be more people on the streets, and then you go
0: into town, and there's yeah. more
1: people in stores, and ah, don't, don't, don't just stay away, leave me. Do you think?
0: Yeah. Do you think it will go back to how it was? I don't. I don't think it will. I think it'll be it won't be as hustle and bustle as it used to be.
1: I think, yeah, I think the high street is fucked. I mean, if it wasn't already, yeah, as uh, thanks to Amazon and everything else, they are completely fucked now. And as an add-on now, it's the business parks as well. Yeah. What are the business parks going to do? Because there's so much rental space that's now it's just going to be space without people.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a big so thing, it's... isn't there, about sort of companies going... Like um, i don't think they'll fully let go of their office premises in the immediate but i think they'll go for like this flexi office C kind of we work thing where they'll have instead of having yeah. 100 desks in their hq they'll have like 50 and then you know a third of the people will come in on this day and a third you know or there'll be like meetings days in hotels like rented hotel space or something i don't know
1: yeah, I expect it to be kind of used for, for for the like for the reason that you maybe you were mentioning about you missed the commute for a day. It might be, I guess the end goal for that might be to maybe meet up with a couple of mates at, at work.
0: Oh, exactly. I have yeah, a yeah. feeling,
1: yeah, the office space probably is going to be used for that social outing or maybe if you ha- if you want to have access to a conference room for a day. Or as I use it to get some printouts because I'm a cheap bastard.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't have a Didn't invest in a <laughs> printer in your in your cushy little yeah. house. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah, I have one at work, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, fair, fair. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's if I'm really honest, uh, like there's it's the social element that I miss, it's, and especially because you and I have both done a bit of stand-up comedy, and if you want to do gigs or you want to try new ideas out, um, and you're not fucking you know Frankie Boyle or whatever um you need to do it on like a Monday night or a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or something in the city So for me the idea of going up town one day a week where I could do a gig and try some stuff out and catch up with a mate or something like that I'm I'm open to doing that but
1: yes yeah. so here's here's a question right I I've noticed this a little bit uh, in terms of how my comedy writing kind of worked yeah a lot of it for me was commuting yeah I ended up having thoughts about what I want to write down maybe later that day yeah as a result of a 20 25 minute commute to work does that kind of is, is that the way it works for you because I was I've always found it interesting that, that I haven't written a single word for six months right part of that is the lack of commute
0: yeah I was always quite like not to sound like a massive end, but I was quite disciplined with forcing myself to sit down like an old school writer like sit down with my laptop open two three pages of 12 font like a big chunk of of written word and out of that if i forced myself to write three whole pages of like 10 or 12 font i could pluck like one or two lines out of it that i would be like ah yeah cool okay i'll try that but most of it was just fucking garbage like um (laughs) And, and and occasionally i would be on a train and i would think oh, oh that would be funny but never would i sort of sit on a train and then i don't think i would anyway sit and start writing on a train i'd probably just be really self-conscious that the guy next to me was reading my laptop or
1: something uh, yeah that's true i i wouldn't do that either because because i'm based out of in, in oxford so i drive to work
0: oh, right. so then
1: it would so it would just be like huh that's interesting maybe oh oh yeah actually yeah 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 and then you kind of go and maybe sketch it out yeah at the end of the day or at the end of the commute or something like that but that's just not an option for me anymore no and not having the forcing function of there's a gig this monday where i should be trying some new material it's just kind of been like nah yeah not not it's a waste of time I, i don't know what i'm writing for
0: have you kept a sort of um like a notes thing on your phone when you do think of something funny you just go like ah I'll try that in a year when we all get back to it
1: yeah I, I do that but then six like I don't know of even a couple of weeks after I've done that I revisit it I was like what the fuck have I written here <laughs> this makes no sense at all it's got no context it's just three words disconnected and disjointed from everything else yeah, yeah. what's the point
0: yeah, I get that. I sort of, I'll think of a, a funny idea or something that I think is fucking hilarious after like two Guinnesses on a Friday night. And I'll be like, I'll, I'll make a note of that. And then I see it there like three or four weeks later and I'm like, I'm so happy that there aren't gigs going at the moment because if I would was- yeah. <laughs> wasted my one night a week trying that shit out. Yeah.
1: No, um, yeah. yeah, well, at least it would have been live feedback. Yeah. So you would have gotten affirmation that it's garbage
0: yeah have you tried zoom comedy shows yet uh,
1: <laughs> yes let's
0: talk about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> how did you get on
1: I, I did too okay so the first one the first one was a raging success awesome because what happened is i think everyone at because i work in a i now it's it's a scale up Right. Like it used to be a startup at the time. Officially, yeah, it used to be a startup. Now we have too many people to be termed as a startup. Okay. Anyways, so when you have like a short group of people co- like put together in a single, there's always a little bit more of curiosity because you know people by face and name. Yeah. There's a higher chance of you knowing your co worker. And then when you find out something, quirky about that co-worker then you kind of, yeah, is he any good or something like that. yeah so what happened is i was like you know what this whole thing has gone down i want to exp- i don't know i want to try out some material they're like i'm doing this online thing because some people are doing it and it's kind of working yeah so maybe i'll give it a shot and i invited a bunch of people from work and they came in and with their families and some people from back home in india etc they all came in and it was it was good. It hmm. was it was like a, about about 60 or 70 people showed up on the call. Pretty good. Which which was amazing. And I did I think like a for what? I I did a I did a 45 minute show only because it was my first long Zoom call and I'm still a peasant. Right. So it was it was free because yeah. it was the first call and you get a little oh it's your first call so you'd have 10 minutes whatever why extended by an hour or something like that. Right. So I did that. So obviously, you do that and it was a bit of a success. I was like, fine, this is fantastic. I can do this. This platform works. I'm going to do another one. Yeah. This time, I was like, I'll do the same material again. Yeah. And I'll invite a bunch of different people because it doesn't seem fair that people would listen to the same thing again, take time out of their day or whatever. Sure. Yeah. The worst thing I did was I did this on an Easter afternoon. Right. The problem with that is I am not very familiar with the English way of life around holidays.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And no one fucking turned up. Right. It was, is this <laughs> it like was last six... year,
0: last Easter, or
1: yeah, it was last Easter. Oh, yeah.
0: right. Okay.
1: So I did the first one around like a, maybe a week and a bit before that. Mm. I was like, oh, raging success. It was it was all kind of new. Like lockdown life was new at the time. Yeah. And uh, did the second gig, no one turned up people who did turn up put themselves on mute i was like okay even if you're laughing is completely pointless yeah some people had their kids who were yeah so it was a unmitigated disaster
0: yeah that sounds tough uh, that's like i I haven't done any myself but i i struggle to get my head around the format of it like i sort of think when you're in a room trying new ideas or or redoing your old ones you need to have the audience there like to even like even if they're not like full on lolling like if you could see that they're yeah. sort of doing doing one of these like there's, there's <laughs> like one a, of those yeah they, like you need yeah. that yeah, yeah but if they're on a zoom call then uh number one they could be muting number two you can't see where their phone is and like you and i probably know that when you do open mic gigs there's all like half the fucking room are fiddling with their phones the whole time that you're talking yep. So, when you take away the fear of the MC bollocking them for it and they're just on a Zoom call, they've probably got their phone just out of shot. And it's like, and and even if they're the good ones who aren't on mute and aren't staring at their phone and they've got their mics on so you can hear when they're laughing, like if they all laugh at once, isn't it just all like distorted and it like over takes your audio and you know
1: yeah it's it's a function of their internet connection yeah whenever you are at the mercy of someone else's internet connection it's not a very good idea yeah it's just not and i'm like that's it i am not i am not touching a microphone ever again yeah till i am in front of people and it's my own microphone because now you can't have anyone else's microphone oh shit
0: yeah is that now is that the route that we're going so when you go back to doing open mic everyone's going to have to have their own mic
1: you know, when, when there was that one little, uh, uh, what was it, like a month or so where things opened up yeah. and people started doing gigs again? And one of the caveats for being on uh, a show <clears throat> was you bring your own mic. Oh, right. Because, uh, so I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, kind of makes sense. I get time. it.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't know many acts that full on, like, slobber all over the mic, but I'm sure there are a few. Can't. <laughs> That's true.
1: It only takes one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and even if the if, like if there was a comedian who slobbered all over the mic, like they still would not be the creepiest comedian in that room that night because That's probably true. um because it's <laughs> probably. a cesspit. Uh anyway, um <laughs> I uh as as fun as it is to talk about uh stand up and, and such, um I, I wanted to have a chat with you about your profession and uh and and about robotics. Uh so I sort of when someone says robotics to me, my mind, like many other people's minds, I suspect, uh, goes straight to automated vehicles, uh, self-drive, all of that sort of stuff. And my theory is that it's because something it's, like cars are something that are in our lives. Like every day, if you want to go to the shops, you jump in your car. If you want to go and meet your mate, you jump in the car. Um, everyone, pretty much everyone has one. Um, And so when you talk about like AI or like robotics or whatever, that's the natural go-to thing. Um, And I'm aware that this is your wheelhouse, no pun intended. Um, But from a a broader perspective of robotics, how advanced are we at this stage? So like I'm thinking about, you know, self-drive cars, but I'm also kind of loosely aware of things like, like Boston Dynamics and you know those goofy sex robots that i see on youtube channels that i, I wasn't searching for but like yeah, uh, yeah. but like where where are we at at the moment how robotified is the world if that's even a word uh
1: pretty it's pretty robotified but it's also domain specific it's very domain specific so when we're talking about robots in terms of cars yeah i mean Robots manufacture cars.
0: Right. Firstly. Uh,
1: a huge portion of the manufacturing process, if not all of it, involves robots. Yeah. Now, when it comes to turning the cars themselves into robots, that is a very difficult problem to solve. Yeah. It's an extremely difficult problem to solve. Like, if, if you think about it, like robots are fantastic at making mundane tasks. Mm. Uh, but like mundane, simple, repetitive tasks disappear from your life. Yeah. But when it comes to adding any sort of complexity that requires, I don't know, scene understanding Mm. or contextualizing an image, that becomes very difficult for a robot to do because we almost try to evaluate the performance of a robot from the eyes of a human being. Right. And that then we add subjectivity to it. Because someone's uh, experience of what a comfortable ride is might be different from Kimi Räikkönen, right? S- s- so it's it's it it becomes a little subjective in that sense. And uh, like, for example, manufacturing robotics is very advanced and has kind of reduced delivery times many fold over. Mm. But then it's also taken away some jobs mm. from that sector. But that's happened a long time ago. Right. So people don't talk enough about that, but instead focus a lot more about what potential jobs we might lose. Yeah. Because of automation that's up, that, that's coming up. It's not in place yet, but we are kind of moving towards it.
0: Do you think it's a the sort of scenario where like product typically would find their way into uh into industry or into military first they would be sold as like commercial business to business product and then once they're fine-tuned and the company has made their revenue back then finally they end up in the consumer space um so things like uh microsoft hololens initially brought out potentially as a commercial product, but then sold to the military. And then eventually it will end up, I'm sure, coming out into the consumer space as well. So you will end up with like, like, you know, disposable <laughs> VR goggles. Um, but do you, do you <laughs> think that it's, it is that going to be the case with robotics as well? Like where you were talking about, you know, they've r- robots have replaced a lot of jobs within the manufacturing space, within the, um, uh, yeah, we, like within industry. Um, but in the next like five to ten years, is it, do you think that it's it's going to bleed its way into the consumer space a lot more? So like robot cleaners, robot, um, like home chefs, like that sort of thing. Is that what's going to happen? That's such a difficult problem to solve as a roboticist,
1: I can tell you that really? much. A, a, a robotic chef, but I mean, it's, it's really like, again, it's, it's domain specific, right? Because if if we are talking about, um, jobs being lost as a result of a robot, mm. I mean, I am, I am essentially, I am a software engineer. Mm. 50 years ago, there wouldn't have been a position for a software engineer. And how many software engineers do we have today? Mm. There's a massive number of software engineers available today in the world, so, and that, that's basically driving the economy. Mm. And if you, take this, if, the take, if you take the needle back 50 years ago, there were no software engineers at all. And just think about the amount of jobs that have been generated by that entire push.
0: So I get this argument, I've, I've heard this before where people say, well, don't you have any confidence in human ingenuity? that once robots take all of the manufacturing jobs and all of the logistics jobs, so like lorries will become self-driving. And uh, I saw a video a few weeks back of this restaurant where these guys had developed, a, it was basically like a ro- robotified or like automated Domino's branch. So like the robot would take the dough and, you know, make the, and then sprinkle all of the ingredients, it would go into the oven, and then finally it would spit it out into a Domino's box and then the delivery guy for now would go and deliver it, but then it will be a drone. Like, in, so all of these jobs will go. But you, do you have faith then that ingenuity will kick in and we'll just think of new stuff to do and like new skills to learn?
1: I I think so. Uh, I think so. I think I, I I've had this discussion like internally with my with my family, mm. like with with like with my brother, for example, where like I I <laughs> I have this really stupid belief where. Like, as if you look at your own family or your own household as a business, mm. you want to leave it in a better place than where you found it. Yeah. So I I would like to be in a place where maybe I've done a little better than my father did. Mm. And I'd like my child, if that ever happens, uh, to do a little better than I would. And I would expect the same for I mean to be the case in 2030 that than it is in 2021. Well, hopefully, hopefully, I mean 2020 and 2021 has kind of destroyed that idea. Yeah. But hopefully, we'll be in a better place in 2030 than we have been, or than than we will be in 2025. Let's say.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's such a difficult question to answer, and it's a it's a really loaded question to to say whether all of it is going to be evil. I mean, if we don't, if human in- ingenuity doesn't pick up and kind of solve some of the problems for its own mm. and i i don't know what's what's the point being human I, I don't know it's it's probably the only creative species i would say not really yes that's not true i'd much rather have a cattery myself than solve any human related problems but hey that's just me
0: yeah i guess i sort of i I would look at my son and I'd be like, <clears throat> okay, well, I hope he's going to aspire to be better than his dad. And I like, as in, you know, to, to solve different problems that I was unable to or, uh, and, and be better than his dad. Um, but, <laughs> um, but I also wonder if that's like, is that just empty? Like, maybe I'm being a bit dystopian, but, uh, like is that just empty hope at this stage because i think okay well look let's play this out let's 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 think this through out loud so i uh am a front-end developer um i'm able to make sufficient income that i can support my family in the next 10 or 20 years i don't think they're going to fix the housing crisis i think it will get harder and harder and basically impossible to own your own home in the uk um he if we make the right decisions for him he might just escape that but for most people in his generation they're going to be fucked uh so if he then decides to go into something like what i do i would imagine that in the next five or ten years front-end development will be actually largely redundant um i think there'll be a lot of things like um what's it wordpress um foursquare is the other one or squarespace so it's called
1: Square,
0: yeah, Squarespace, Wix. Yeah, Wix. All of these like off-the-shelf website generators. Um, even though I think I think I'm right in saying that in the long run, <clears throat> you actually spend more money on them because they charge you the subscription fee, uh, and any like little add-ons. It's like a sort of Ryanair model. Like you get the, <laughs> the basics for free, but then if you want your own yeah. URL, it's like, oh, well, you got to pay a little bit more for that. And it's like I want a contact yeah, I tried form. My hand. And they're like, oh well, you yeah. want a contact form? That's an extra two percent a year. And so I think there's a place for for web dev right now, but I think a lot of these like off the shelf solutions will make people like me redundant in the next few years. So uh, I guess my point there is that you know if he aspires to uh, take what I do and then take it to the nth degree, um, I think he's going to be shit out of luck because I think this skill set will be moot. By the point, by the by, that time now, you could make the the case that, yeah, that's front end web dev. That's actually not too difficult to pick up. Um, he could go into back end development, um, but not everyone can go into back end development. Not not everyone is logical, mathematical. Uh, I mean, I I struggle with it. I'm definitely more comfortable on the client side than I am server side. So I I just don't know if I have this faith there that we're going to get to the point where he can go. Cool. Okay. My dad did this. Now, what problems am I going to solve? Because I'll be like, ah, you're too late. <laughs> Everyone solved <laughs> yeah, it all.
1: Yeah, David Attenborough told us that the world's going to end in 2030 anyway. So, what's the point?
0: Oh, really? <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know if
1: it was, uh, I watched it, I think it was My Life something. There was like a little film that he did uh, on Netflix where basically there was like a projection of where, where, where the world was when he first started his. Uh, wildlife discovery right and where it is now and if you just take a linear projection yeah where it's gonna go and yeah just, i think it's 20 well not 2030 i think it was like 2050 where everything's just gonna be on fire uh so what's the point anyways
0: right <laughs> that's what's the point? that's not the the hopeful <laughs> aspirational response i was looking for <laughs> i was like if i just yeah. if i just push him a little bit then he'll give me some sort of sense of stability and but actually, it's it was way worse than anything I'd imagined. So thanks very much for that. Um, <laughs> Yo, <thank> you <laughs> Yeah. So, um, in terms of like, so like where we are now, and we were talking about um, manufacturing robots and uh, driver automation. Um, I think I read something a, a while back about how actually Uber's model, Uber's business model, was initially to undercut local taxi. Uh, industry as much as possible and to and to be a loss making business for about 10 years and then when automation kicked in they would make all of their drivers redundant uh so i sort of see that as like the not how has that worked for them well they haven't got automation in yet but i mean you you work in robotics and uh the the auto industry how far away are we do you think from full-on like you know robot cars pulling up outside
1: yeah, we are quite a while away. Really? I, I don't think I don't think people should be um expecting that to happen anytime soon. Really? It's it's a really difficult problem to solve. And you can separate these things by I hate to word this like use this word again and again, but it is domain specific. Like you could have robots for uh, a specific cordoned off area, maybe just for business parks, mm. which is a much simpler problem to solve than autonomy everywhere in the world. Right. Right. I just lost my. Uh,
0: oh, yeah, you've gone a bit my... dark. Hmm.
1: They're kind of. Come on. I don't know what's happened.
0: I'll try to fix this. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> hmm.
1: Anyways, I have lost my train of thought. Okay, so what I was saying is that the, uh, the, uh, the domain dictates how complicated the problem is, right? I mean, you have a situation where autonomy everywhere yeah. in central London is a much more difficult problem to solve than, let's say, in a private space somewhere, maybe somewhere in an off-road farm, mm. maybe in a mine somewhere. These are completely different problems to solve. Like they are, they may be the same application, but the product is very different. The the end result. There's a like something that's uh, something like a cyclist mm. is a lot less deterministic to uh, to track. Uh, than just a stationary bush on the side of a dusty road.
0: <laughs> right. So that
1: just makes the problem very diff- different in the sense.
0: I see. okay, but like so if if we were looking to implement full automation into London, that would be a, a huge problem because of like the the sheer weight of traffic and people and cyclists. Yes right.
1: Absolutely. It just becomes, and people don't always walk in a straight line.
0: Mm.
1: It's 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 very people walk in crowds. People crisscross. They uh, walk together. Then you have groups of people. People are uh, erratic in their decisions. Someone might be standing right at a junction, mm. wanting, or might appear as if he wants to cross the road, but then he suddenly remembers he's forgotten an umbrella and wants to go back home.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. Then-
1: that's a very difficult problem to solve because you're like, then you need intention. Like, can you then detect intention, the intent of a person? Yeah. And that, that's even that's difficult even for a human being. And with millions and millions of years of evolutionary information baked into our minds, so then when you don't have that sort of evolutionary information present in a computer, that becomes a very difficult problem to solve. So when it comes to uh, a car rolling out and to pick me up outside, yeah, uh, and then take me in the central London. That's a very difficult problem to solve. I'm just going to try to fix the light. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to
0: have fixed it. Yeah, that's good. Okay, that's interesting because I I thought that we were closer to it than perhaps we are, Um because a, there was a couple of guys that I used to work with at Sky who had Teslas. Um, and I was led to believe that the self-drive on those is incredible, and I just wondered if, like, you know, at the moment, it's it's still a sort of symbol of prestige if you have a Tesla. But if you know, as what was I saying earlier about you know products uh, coming into the like military or the industrial space, and then eventually they end up in the consumer space. Well, their Teslas are sort of somewhere in between at the moment. It's it's they're in the consumer space, but they're incredibly expensive. Now, if they start coming down into, you know, the twenty grand, thirty grand kind of price region, suddenly a lot more people have got Teslas. So are we saying then that the the problems with the like the weight of traffic and the number of robot cars that would have to factor in other robot cars, etc., like is it is that when we're gonna get into problems with it or, or have they kind of fixed all of that?
1: I'll uh, I'll point you to a little video where a Tesla is trying to cross a road. Right. And then you look at it and see how many times you clench. Right. And that will give you a function of how close we are to solving this problem. Really? Because it, yeah, it, it's a, a highway, a highway, or rather a freeway, I should say, a freeway in California. Yeah is a much simpler problem to solve than central london i say simply because you have a fair amount of predictability in terms of what you are likely to see yeah on a freeway i'm not saying it's easy at all it's a really difficult problem yeah but if you are comparing these two scenarios they are very different yeah uh but as it's it's like saying because i have driven in central london i can now drive in Mumbai yeah that's that's you can't you just cannot make that claim because the traffic in some places is insane yeah and often has no rules yeah and if you have any if you have an iota of an assumption of someone's going to drive by the rules and if that person doesn't which is very likely to happen in some places of the world You are fucked
0: yeah, yeah,
1: so it's a very difficult problem to solve. I think people a a large a large. I really think a large part of this is also PR Mm. large part of this is also hype which Is often misplaced and then also drives a little bit of fear about how things are going to change for me when really you use use the time to learn some C++. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I OK, let's let's assume or, or let's um, accept that it is indeed a uh, ferociously difficult problem to solve. Uh, perhaps a simpler problem to solve in robotics might be sex robots. <laughs> how close are we, <laughs> Uxay, to having some sort of credible fuck body? Um <laughs> I've been with my girlfriend for nine years, I think. So um, you know, things are good now, but you know, a lifetime is a long time. I don't know, I might be into sex robots in the next five years. So uh how's how is that looking? What's the status quo of sex robots?
1: I wouldn't know I'm
0: married. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm not asking about your home life. I'm, so, I'm just saying professionally, uh, you know.
1: Uh, 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 how far are we? I don't know, man. I mean, it's,
0: uh, it's domain-specific. I'm just kidding. Do you think uh, the guys, do you think the, the software engineers that work on sex robots, do you think like when they went through their computer science degrees and they did all their interning at Google and all that shit, they were thinking, like, oh, I'm going to work on, like, medical technology. I'm going to, like, save lives. I'm going to put a man on the moon or, like, robots on the moon. And now, like, they wake up on some fucking cold April morning and their wife's like, what are you doing today? And they're like, I'm going to try and perfect that robot vagina. Uh." Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm working on position number thirteen from the Kama Sutra. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah. update like, beta I'm... updates of the like Kama Sutra portfolio and shit. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's a it's, yeah, it's a it's a point one upgrade from the previous one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not honestly not very familiar with the sex robot industry and where it's gonna go, but. I mean, if it works for some people, it works for some people. I mean, maybe it'll take away jobs in that sense as well from some people. I don't know.
0: Maybe. I mean, there's. I, I saw a tweet last year when everything was going into lockdown, I think in Los Angeles, and uh, this comedian called uh, Christina P put a tweet up saying, look, however bad things get, just remember that as long as you've got a warm butthole, you've got a way to make some money. <laughs> But in in the new world of like sex robots, maybe that's not true. I mean but,
1: but but that's that's a feature request. Yes. Right? Why not? Why can't a sex robot have a warm butthole? Yeah. If that's a preference, then yeah, it's just another make a make a pull request and it'll get reviewed and it'll get onto the machine. Yeah.
0: It'll go through product and it'll work its way down yeah. onto the trolley board. I mean, I'm not saying like <laughs> I I'm into like bumholes, particularly, but I'm just saying, if I was into bumholes, I'd probably not want it to be cold. It should be warm, I think.
1: That's that's a pretty fair point. I I, I would like to agree with yeah. you. Yes.
0: Are you um, familiar <laughs> with? And I, there's no reason that you should be familiar with this because I'm not even going to remember where the fuck I heard it now. If it was a podcast or if it was a film or a documentary or something or a book, but someone told me about something. Where it was like they were they were musing over how technology takes a jump forward, purely on the back of sex and the sex industry, and they were saying it happened with the internet. Uh, like the, one of the reasons that the internet was so successful and boomed was because people were drawn to it because they could just get porn like this, like ping. Like before that, to go to the news agent and buy some grotty, like jazz, jazz mag. Uh, <laughs> and now it's just there on the computer and they could do it in the you know they could just they have the privacy of the study or the bedroom or whatever and have a have a quick look and and so that's why the internet got so popular and the same with VHS like people loved VHS when it first came out because then they could rent dirty movies and watch them in the home and so it exploded now with something like robotics <clears throat> i think it sort of stands to reason it sort of taps into that same idea that technology and robots will explode in popularity for consumers purely on the basis that there are millions, millions of frustrated horny men out there who would happily yes. save up yes. for years and then buy a sex doll. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So, right. I tell you what, I mean... It's going to happen. I could, Yeah, I mean... What I tell you what, there's gonna be one hundred percent there's gonna be an industry around just being able to take a ride in a self driving car just so that you can sit in the back Yeah and yeah, just just have at it, really. And why would you not? Why would you not? So sort of, Yeah. There's there's no one peeping into the mirror looking at you. No. Or maybe maybe you want someone peeping in the mirror looking at you. I'm not sure.
0: Maybe that's what you're into, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um yeah so i suppose like whether it's being self-driven around by a automated car or it's being taken into a hotel room with a sex doll it's gonna but here's what's weird right so if we it, like again going back sort of what twenty thirty 30 years in in technology um so when <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect us to go down this sort of tangent. But now, now that we're in this uh, this zone, let's let's explore it a bit.
1: Yeah. I honestly, I'm not surprised. A, a, a conversation about robotics invariably goes down the sex robot road. Well, this
0: is what I mean. It's like it's just a natural <laughs> thing. Like, I mean, you you're a roboticist. You're a software engineer. You can stand there and give some speeches and TED talks and stuff about how amazing it is that you know this electronic surgeon can do the same operation in there. But secretly, everyone in the audience is going mm. like. But could it wank me off? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's
0: probably But, totally like, good. if you go back, like, 20, 30 years and, like, Vibrators first came out, and I think, I'm, I'm guessing 30 years ago, 40 years ago, maybe, Um, and Vibrators as a sort of sex toy for women is seen as a sort of, you know, yeah, she's got Vibrator because she's, you know, exploring herself and it's, you know, it's, it's sensual and it's just... You know, this is her and it's her exploring her sensuality. But if a guy gets a sex toy, like a sort of fleshlight or like an actual, you know, a sex, like a blow up sex doll, then it's like, oh, he's so fucking sad. He's got like a flesh torch that like there's a shame to it. And I wonder, like, do you think do you think there'll be that with like robots as well? Like a woman could get a sex robot and everyone be like, yeah, because she couldn't find a man to satisfy her and then because
1: yeah, she deserves it yeah, yeah
0: she deserves but it but if a guy gets a sex robot then <sighs> everyone's going to be like oh my god that motherfucker
1: yeah but but guys deserve that honestly <laughs> I mean, they've had centuries and centuries of just being douchebags to everyone around them they totally deserve that i am totally on board with someone calling me a fucking piece of shit or depressed piece of shit just because i have a ro- robot to to relieve myself yeah uh, it's fine i'm totally fine with that totally down with what that. what if I
0: that's part that. of the thing though like what if you have the sex robot and then you get the sex robot to call you a piece of shit and like disgust? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you are disgusting <laughs> piece of shit shameful and then you <laughs> you know that's all part of it yeah call me that again <laughs> yeah
1: do that do that totally just do it i mean honestly if there's one uh, if there's one section of society that deserves that sort of treatment, it is guys. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I feel bad. Do you not agree
1: with me? I, I'm going to put you on the spot. You <laughs> not...
0: I think some men, I mean, I have this theory about guys and it's not very, uh, I don't know, I'll, I'll share it and we'll see, see what you think of it. <laughs> so I have this theory, this is my, my take on it, is that there's imagine like you've got your 100 percent your your venn diagram or your like your pie chart of men and about 70 percent of men are all right like they're okay like they they sometimes they say the wrong thing at the wrong time or they forget to buy you an anniversary gift because they just had a lot on their mind or whatever or you know they say an inappropriate joke with their mates or whatever but <clears throat> a lot of women do that stuff as well but like 70 percent of men are just sort of okay you know and then you've got say four percent of men who are monstrous and they cheat on you (laughs) they they take money out of your account without asking and and fucking blow it and then suddenly you've got no money for your rent and then when you square up to them and go like where the fuck's the rent money you prick then they go like oh fuck you like then slap you around like and they they call your mama like, four-letter word over dinner. Like, these guys are monstrous. And they are men, but they're only, like, 4%. Like, they're super rare, I think, uh, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I, now, now, there's the last group of men, right? So what's that? 70 would be 30 up to 100, so that would be 26%, right? <laughs> then I think you've got the 26... Uh, it's probably more like 20%, but of these guys who aren't okay men and they're not monstrous but what they are is these sort of very dainty slightly built super male feminist types who they could go after the four percent or they could volunteer at a refuge shelter but they don't do that what they do is they go after the other 70 percent of like all rights or (laughs) and they go like ah did he? Did he not buy you a birthday present, or did he? Did he forget your anniversary? Av- I would never do that. Why don't you come and live with me? Come over here. I'll save you from that nasty mat. Like, and it, this it's so transparent to the seventy percent, and probably like the other four percent of it. You, you can see through it a fucking mile off. And I love women, and I know women who can see through that shit a fucking mile off as well. They're like, oh, it's fucking. I would rather be with the 4% guy because at least then you know that he's a piece of shit. Whereas this guy is like this disingenuous. He's just, I'm yeah, gonna, you know?
1: I'm going to own up to being that 26%. <laughs> 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 I'm definitely the 26%. Well, hey, I mean, you're married. I think that the, so it worked. I, 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 <laughs> I'm just saying that I think the... I think that the ratio may work for England. Mm. I'm not sure it's a global number. No. I think that the numbers change if you go to different parts of the world. I really do think so. I think a large, uh, I think a higher portion, well, I'd I'd say that 26% is more like 4% if you go to India.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get a lot of it is probably like Western culture and, uh, you know, we have quite a big progressive movement in the uk which i you know a lot of left-leaning politics i agree with um uh and i'm in terms of the definition of feminism and equal opportunity and and all of that i'm all for it i just think there's something really icky about that i don't know that sort of disingenuousness and sort of trying to portray yourself as the knight in shining armor when actually your intentions under you know once you scratch beneath the surface is like i'm playing the long game aid i'm gonna tell your wife or your girlfriend or whatever that i would never treat her like that and then she's gonna come and live with me and eventually i'll get to fuck her but that's that is what it is um
1: that's probably that's probably a lot of pretense in there I, i i agree with you in that sense yeah but I, I, I will still stand by my original statement that if someone calls me a piece of shit for being a guy, <laughs> I am totally fine with that because I totally deserve it by association.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I, I understand. And I sort of, <laughs> I, I suppose I can't be too critical because uh, I was thinking the other day that, like, I don't know what it says about my self-esteem, but if somebody <laughs> if somebody came up to me in the street and punched me in the face... Like a strap, I would assume that I had done something wrong, that I, <laughs> that I deserved it. I wouldn't think, like, what an asshole, like, oh, I can't believe he punched. I would assume that he knew someone that, like, and that person had told them what a piece of shit I was, or like.
1: Yeah, I guess the first question would be what the fuck did I do to deserve that? That would be the first question you'd ask yourself. What did I, do? what have I done now?
0: I'd be like an abused dog curling up on the floor. I'd be like, <laughs> yes, I deserve this kicking. Like this is, <laughs> this is the natural repercussions to something that I've done.
1: I don't know how we got onto this from sex robots, but Hey, yeah, we're
0: what, here. We're here creative. now. <laughs> um, Okay. So we, let's, let's take it back to like robotics and, um, uh, and we've touched a lot on, Um, where we're at now and what it's likely to look like in terms of like robot cars and how unlikely we would feel maybe that actually is in reality. Um, How bad... Well, actually, before I ask this question, let's circle back to that presidential election where Andrew Yang was over in the US uh, and he was talking a lot about automation and about how he, he was the only candidate that had some sort of plan that reflected the onslaught of the labor market and like basically robots eating jobs um <laughs> as someone that works within robotics and who is aware of automation how bad do you think it's going to get i mean we talked about human ingenuity let's assume for a second that that i'm right <laughs> that it's you know that there's not going to be that many software engineer roles because more and more coding will actually be automated as well um do you think we're going to end up in a situation where everyone just does what they want all day like a sort of utopia thing or do you think it's going to be like where the people who earn the money are going to shrink down to a smaller and smaller number every year they live in a gated community and everyone else yeah. is left out in the hunger games
1: Yeah it's, yeah it's, it's going to be like uh it's going to be like idiocracy i don't know if you watched that movie uh,
0: I'm aware movie of it i've where... not seen it but yeah tell me tell me about it
1: well, yeah, it's it's like um, all the uh, all the successful people, the successful and intelligent people, end up basically living a life in a, within a gated community, and they're kind of smart, so they have a limited number of offspring. Off For mm. all the uh, poor and dangerously people, don't follow the same norm. Right. This is a concept of the movie. this these are not my words, <laughs> but and then so then the entire population is just a bunch of people who are feeding Gatorade to their plants because it has electrolytes. Right. That's the concept of the movie. And it's very likely <laughs> we get there if climate change doesn't destroy us before that. So,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I know I'm supposed to give you a reasonable answer, Yeah. <laughs> but that's the best I can come up with. This
0: is the second <laughs> time in the last hour where yeah. I've been, I'm like, just give me something just give me something that isn't uh, I, climate climate crisis a nuclear fallout or we all end up eating our own feces to stay alive it's something positive
1: uh, uh, so it's 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 really tricky it's it's really tricky because i think as as society kind of evolves you have to learn new skills mm. and and doesn't happen it doesn't have to be that person like the the person that's born in whenever 1990 in 2021 has to learn a new skill that's not the point i'm making the point i'm making is that person's offspring or as the the next generation has to learn a set of skills that will be suitable mm-hmm. for 30 years down the line and that's where the, the 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 schooling and the education kind of needs to match up to how the economy at that time is evolving Mm. if if today we have a fair idea that it's possible i'm not saying it's it's guaranteed but there's a probability that uh, um hotel receptionists might disappear because they might there might be robot receptionists and all you need to do is get a signature scan a card and you go into your room Mm. if that's a job that's going to disappear 20 years from now if there's a probability of doing that, then maybe we need to wean people off of that profession. Mm. And maybe we need to wean people on something else that might actually contribute towards that robot that does it. Isn't, so isn't it's, the issue, it's got, though... has got to be a cohesive plan. Isn't, it's got, there's got to be a cohesive plan.
0: Isn't the issue, though, that... And I mean this in no disrespectful way to hotel receptionists, uh, but the issue is that these are low-skilled jobs Uh, I could you know my son is four and within the next five years I'm pretty confident that he could sit behind a desk in a hotel and then answer a phone and give people keys you know it's not it it doesn't take an awful lot of training to be able to do that Um, the same with checkout staff the same with bar staff the same with um, I mean driving a taxi is a bit different but you know these are these are labory jobs Uh, And when it's not necessarily a case of like weaning people off of them as finding replacements for them where just a person that hasn't received much training can do it. But a robot can't. But I can't for the life of me think of a, a job that that person with those few skills could do, you know. Like here's another great example is sometimes people are born with learning difficulties and it's very sad and they need a lot of help and support. Uh, and some of them, if the learning difficulties are not too severe, will go and get a job in a supermarket and you'll see them pushing trolleys around in the car park. Um, and that's actually really important for them to, to feel like they're part of a team and to feel like they're part of society and they earn a bit of money and it gives them a bit of independence and amazing. But I can't, imagine a situation where tesco or sainsbury's are so full of love and warmth and and everything that they they go yeah we'll carry on paying people to push trolleys around even though we have got this trolley magnet robot thing that could do it for free (laughs) like those jobs are going to go as well like where where are these people going to go when they're weaned off of those jobs
1: yeah. So I think that's that's kind of what I that's that's kind of what I meant, that the the weaning off doesn't have to be for the person at the time. Right. It should be. It sh- like If we are in a situation now where we are struggling to think of what these people will do, mm. because some because some robots going to take their place, then we've already fucked them up. We've, we've already screwed up mm. because that plan should have been put in place 20 years ago. Yeah. To, to make sure that you don't have a situation where some people are now suddenly going to lose a job because a, a robot's going to come in. Mm. And that's what I mean. Like, okay, fine. If, if that's something that has been done already, make sure you have a cohesive plan for 20 years down the line mm. where you may have this super magnet robot trolley thing where you try to have other avenues for people with... Maybe learning difficulties or unskilled labor, or stuff like that. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, the hospitality industry, mm. you still, I, I think it's 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 a it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a want from the paying customer to have that human contact. Yeah, where they would like to have a. I mean, the thing. Okay, fine. You a robot check me in. That might work for a travel lodge. Yeah. But it it may not necessarily work for a countryside boutique hotel.
0: Yeah, so that I agree. Yeah, I... so it's
1: it's a little bit like uh, horses, because like horses are this. I mean, I guess it used to be. We still call these things carriageways, which is a little funny. Yeah. But the horses used to be our commuting thing, but now they are this item of well, not item, but they are they are this com- A status symbol, something like the sports car of the olden times.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it sort of takes a different place within society, doesn't it?
1: Yes, and I think that's, I expect that to be the route, but it becomes a little bit of a niche uh, uh, market for certain things that might be, people still buy vintage cars. People are not going to give up driving. People are still going to drive. There's still going to be a market for 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 a stick shift uh mm. i don't see that going away anyway I personally i really enjoy driving
0: um yeah but- i just wonder if like if we do get into a situation and i take your point about you know maybe we're actually a bit further away from that than i had imagined um but if we do get into a situation where somebody like uber runs a grid of automated vehicles and <clears throat> i pay 100 pounds a month subscription to uber and then i know for that hundred pounds a month that whenever i need it i just click my fingers and a fucking uber rocks up outside driverless takes me wherever i want to go i can get smashed and then <clears throat> i'm driven straight back home again like that's the subs- i could see that sort of subscription model working um i guess i you know
1: i can i can see that as well i mean it's it's a very desirable commodity to have access to. yeah it's definitely a very desirable commodity but then you also have uh, other situations where people die in mines uh, people die on the roads mm. more people die on the roads than losing a 747 every day mm. um so if that problem disappears or reduces as a result of autonomous vehicles mm. then that's a i see that as a big win um, and in the same case you don't have to then people you don't have to put people uh, into places where they are now suffering respiro- respiratory disabilities for the rest of their life yeah because they had to work within a mind where now that problem might be solved by a robot so it's fine I mean that, that person might be like I'm happy to take that risk because it pays my bills yeah. So it's 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 a it's it's a really difficult it's a bit of a gray area there. Yeah. I mean you're you're trying to add safety to a thing while possibly affecting someone's livelihood. Yeah. Does it solve the bigger picture? Yeah. It's really complex, and I am glad that as a um, but when I'm coding, uh, my job is to get, <laughs> all I'm thinking of is. I want all of my unit tests to pass. So I'm trying to write the best code that I can. Yeah. The only yeah, the only time I maybe kind of think about these things is when I'm having a conversation outside of work.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so As, as a web developer, my response to that is you write unit tests? Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Oh well. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose just going back to like the, you know, the guy that pushes the trolleys around and then you know tesco sainsbury's they buy the robot trolley magnet device or whatever i suppose the advice to somebody like that would be you've got a warm butthole just call me a piece of shit <laughs> for a bit um we'll work something out <laughs> that works yeah.
1: that works definitely
0: okay man um we got to wrap this up because we've been talking for a while so um thank you so much for for catching up with me tonight it's been really fascinating and uh, as i mentioned earlier it's not an area that i know an awful lot about and it's been it's been really cool to to get a little bit more familiar with it um if anyone wants to catch up with ukshay Moye, um i'm sure you'll be back on the circuit uh in london doing comedy uh whenever we both get back to commuting (laughs) i don't know where that'll be
1: whenever it's allowed whenever mr Boris johnson allows everything yeah so
0: um and hopefully yeah we'll see a bit more of you then all right thanks adrian thanks very much